What's good, party people? This is According to Woods, and I am here with the newly released, and not featured endeavor, but definitely newly released, thankfully, uh, I was a, a witness to a possible death, right? Like an end to immortality, and reviewing one Netflix's own, Don't Look Up. She is representing Renegade Wrestling. She is the one, the only, Big Fam Vader, Aisha Raymond. Hi. So we're about to talk about uh, something today that explains about how stupid and probably how insensitive humanity is. I, I was a witness to something yesterday that made me question a lot about humanity and about how people see things. I walked into a cafe with two other people yesterday and uh, we saw someone lying on the floor. The, the, the host of the cafe didn't evacuate anybody, didn't ask anybody to leave, they just continued business as it was. Uh, and everybody ordered their drinks, more people started coming into the cafe, which was extremely interesting. Uh, as this happens, the person that was sitting opposite me uh, says that they were cutting the person's trousers off, the person that was in the floor, as the ambulance were coming in. More people start entering the cafe and this continues to happen. A couple of minutes go by and the person in front of me says that they've just pulled the blue sheet over this person and my heart sinks. And I've just sat in a cafe with more than 10 people, probably, where a person died, got up, paid for my stuff and left. Wow. Nobody did anything. Everyone just continued life. That is... <laughs> my back was towards them. You turn your back? I didn't turn my back towards them. My back was just towards them conveniently. There was a person sitting behind me. I didn't realize the person had died until the person that I was speaking to did the cross sign as we were leaving. And I was just like, oh, stuff happened. What? <laughs> Isn't there a Phil Collins song about... I mean, was the person? Uh, I mean, I don't want to ask the gender of the newly departed. Male. Okay. Because I, I mean, except for that little excerpt, it, it was almost like the. Uh, there's that Phil Collins song about like, the lady on the street and the whatever, and people just pass her by. Oh, the the oh, uh, another day in paradise. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Rest in peace, person, nameless yes, person. Yes, but I just, yes, that's exactly what it was. That is, yeah, another day in paradise. Holy fuck. And that's. Weirdly enough, the person that was sitting opposite me, it was American, and he actually said to me, you know, being from where I'm from, things like that, and, and my line of business, you know, it's just nothing normal. I literally looked him dead in the eye and went, you know, being from London, I couldn't agree with you. Well, I mean, wait, they said. Because I'm American, is that yes. what? So, what do you guys do? Yeah, kind of the same. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I live in LA, so I don't know where you know if you lived in a native reservation, right? Like, I've that, that was one of the weird things that I got into uh during the pandemic is like burial rituals around the world. Oh, I think I started watching it, it was like, um taboo places to go on holiday and the different burial rituals. There's something like that, but like I actually went in like, oh, if I died, 
what the fuck would happen, right? And then looking into it, like there's water burials and like, I mean, water cremation, not just water burials. Because I, I think, I don't, I think that's horrible, right? Let's say if you basically expired due to the fact that you drowned, and then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do a water burial." Wouldn't you have just left my ass in there? I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> It's okay. Just leave me there. I'll save you the receipt. Right, right. Purposes. You guys have to go. I'm assuming we have to pay for all of this shit. So just leave me be. Crime scene photos. You could use those as your abilities. No, I mean, of course, if something was suspicious and whatever, but and I would, you know, uh, uh, reckon that you know some sort of I don't know, law and order SVU special victims unit or some shit would come in and whatever the fuck, but like. Also, just leave me. I don't know what the fuck. Because <laughs> now I've thought about it. So, is it morbidly wrong to cream out anybody that's you know passed away under like a house fire or those kind of circumstances? Is that? Yeah, but then again, if you, it would be the determination of death, right? Because it would be like, I think it's cruel if they died of smoke inhalation, but the body stayed intact. Right, because like ah, oh, I I, you know, I fought to the bitter end not to get burnt, only to be burnt. God, and then you burnt me. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucked, man. Um, and especially like if you put it in the will, in testament, or like I want to be cremated and what have you, but you don't know how you're gonna die. So, you know, it. I don't know. It's it, like I, I quote. I don't even know if I should say it, but I quote Joe Rogan, right? Like, uh, not that he's been in the news lately, but uh, it's literally, right? It's literally like everybody knows, like when you're born, theoretically, but nobody knows, and everybody knows that they need to go to sleep, but nobody knows when the big sleep happens. Yeah. So, and I mean, you're saying that, and you're doing that, and you're looking up, which. Which brings us to don't look up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, over at Twitter, and Stephen Tatum says, Big Fan Vader 316, always look up. Don't trust anybody. That's true. Uh, which is exactly this, man. I, so I guess, ladies first, how did you hear about don't look up and decide? Because we do, I'm just kind of pulling back the veil of what we do here. Uh, we go you know, kind of almost ping pong. Like, ah, you pick a week in the subject and whatever and we'll watch and talk about it. And then, and it reverberates. And it was your turn this time. And uh, there was a couple of mitigating circumstances that kind of pushed it back and back and back and back. But here we are and Don't Look Up. But how did you find out about Don't Look Up? Um, I really kind of watched this at Christmas. I, I think I just finished watching Wolf of Wall Street, which is why Leonardo DiCaprio. And I generally thought it was a mockumentary. As you know, I'm a fan of Spinal Tap and things like that. And I didn't think that it was a real film until probably about 10 minutes in. Uh, and the more I kind of watched it, the more I kind of just wanted to know what was going to happen next. Because I couldn't understand why you had a group of scientists, yet no one, a group of scientists with a space station and all the little gadgets and flashy knobs and lights and turning things and they don't believe them that something like this is going to happen. That just 
it's mind-boggling to me. I'm just like, isn't this their jobs? They, we actually pay them to make sure that they keep us safe. Yet when they say that there's something going to happen, you don't believe them. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Um, so I actually heard about it because I am a subscriber and I watch this show called Breaking Points. And it's a uh, Sagar fucking train just came of what is it? The freight train? Are we doing WCW jobbers? The fuck? The ice train? Ooh, who are we going to get? Like fucking uh, Joey Mags next? I don't know. What the fuck? RIP Joey Mags. Wow. Uh, terrorizing i wonder what happened to that guy uh but <laughs> but uh, uh something of a heart he pulls at my heartstrings and people pull out his apparently but anywho uh <laughs> yes i made that joke uh, so un unfortunately I, I, well actually fortunately i'm i'm uh subscribed and i watched this show called breaking points with sagar and jetty and crystal ball yes her name is crystal ball and, uh, you know, they just take the piss out of, like, you know, mainstream media and, you know, politics here in the States and other, you know, other parts of the world. Um, and one of their contributors is a guy named David Sirota, who, funny enough, is actually a producer on this film, right? So I heard about what he normally comes on Breaking Points to talk about, like, literally one week, and then the next week, here he is talking about a movie, you know, and going through the movie process, you know, with people like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Kate Blanchett and uh, who's the other girl? Jennifer, Jennifer something. Jennifer Lawrence? I think it's Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's how I heard about it. So I, I kind of was kind of pining at the bit, right? Well, and this is just the way my line works. I'm like, I'm really excited for something. And then I fucking put it off because I'm inundated with something else. And then I fire up the Netflix and oh, the fucking thing that I was, you know, worried and excited to see is there. And it's just like, uh, it's like, how do you keep an idiot busy? You dangle a fucking carrot or whatever the fuck, make the fucking rabbit forget about said carrot. And then voila, carrot is there. That's... That's how my brain works. So yeah, um, but I, I fucking, I, I liked it because it's completely satire. But, but if you read into it, and especially as it resonates here in, in the states, and what the COVID lockdowns or and people's different, uh, I guess, analogies and ideologies behind it wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine, uh, is it real, is it fake, is it in a lab, uh, 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 all that shit, right? They pretty much do that, but they don't say it's like COVID, right? And I don't know exactly when the, the film was filmed, but, I mean, it had to be, at least the editing process had to come out during the two-year or over two-year fucking isolation right so well, um, 21 so it means it probably was completed the end of 20 no the beginning of 2021 so we released on netflix for the end of 2021 something like that yeah yeah i like that you you know more about the the movie things than a person that literally is on the ass end of the hollywood side so i love it fuck yes let's do that um 
so, but I just like it because it takes, I mean, everybody that knows this, especially being here in the States, right? Everybody is just arguing about fucking whatever. If it wasn't like, who's the president, right? The guy that we had in before or the guy that we have now, right? Or, you know, what things that they believe, what they identify as, all, all of this stuff that I think it, it's kind of fodder to keep us apart rather than unite us. Like we're picking things about each other that separate us. And this right here in a kind of dark humor way, like there's a fucking comet going to hit Earth, right? And as, you know, the, as m most would believe, the United States is kind of like the shit and the, and the big brother, big sister, you know, to all the other neighboring countries or in the world that they rely on us somewhat to do. And right here, we have Meryl Streep as the president, which I think was an amazing <laughs> deal, right, to have a female president, right? And the only time that... Like, we've had a person on TV as president before we had an actual female president, which is... Three, fucking, I think. Fucking America. Yeah, Ronald Reagan, right? It was Ronald Reagan, Trump for sure. I think those are the two Hollywood presidents. Because Ronald Reagan was like a... Dude, check this out. Ronald Reagan was a fucking C-rate... Hollywood actor that he became uh, president of the Screen Actors Guild then governor of California then president of the United States I shit you not hell the first fucking election I voted in our governor Gray Davis fucked up and whatever the fuck and I can't even remember which or why or what have you but uh, that was the recall election where we had like Gary Coleman and Mary Carey, the fucking porn star. Uh, the fucking porn star. That was, there's a joke in there somewhere. But uh, she ran for president. There was a bunch of people that, I mean, uh, ran for governor. And it ended up the Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the guy who basically took the, the, the governor's office. So, Hollywood, man. Fucking California, dude. <laughs> I was born in NorCal, lived in central California, and reside now in Southern California. It's a wild fucking place, this this place, man. Uh, but I just, I dug it, man. Uh, I don't think I've seen Jennifer Lawrence at all. Like she's, she hasn't been in movies that I actually dig. So I didn't think or whatever. Uh, and I can't even remember. I, I, oh yeah, the fucking uh, the Hollywood games. No. no. Really? The thing is, I, I only, I enjoyed the first one, and then after that, it just. Drags. Well, you know my whole thing about like, like little. I don't want to say little. I don't want to. I had wrestling, right? Wrestling and MMA, I, which I didn't think. And I was just talking to my wife over breakfast about it. None of the shit that I do now, I never thought I would be doing it because I never thought these things would take. Right, this illegal thing where people get punched in the face and then. The people that, you know, some of your friends are like, ah, it's uh, a big F word, right? Or, kiss fizz, kid, kiss fizz, right? I never thought these would be billion-dollar fucking companies or owned by billion-dollar companies and you're reported by ESPN and all major trade organizations and magazines and what have you. So it's 
so I never got into anything else. I, never, I didn't get into Pokemon. I didn't whatever because I had my weird niche things that at the time that I was liking it and loving it and it was I was ride or die for it. Those guys and girls might have been living at home with mom, right? So I missed everything. I missed Marvel. I missed comics. I missed Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, all of it, whew, all over the head. And it's too far gone now. Like I, I can't. I tried watching uh, like The Matrix the other day, and I was like, oh, this is old," you know. So it just, I know nothing. I mean, uh, music and punchy, kicky, slammy stuff, which one of which I. Cheeky, slabby stuff, but you yeah, know. yeah. But I, I almost know nothing else. Like I, I didn't evolve past that. Uh, this is, I know shit tons about this, and then not about anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. I can't talk about anything else apart from wrestling, which is why we're friends. <laughs> See, but I mean, what struck you about? Uh, th- there's so many things, right? But we're gonna start out at the beginning, right? We we have. The two seminal characters in uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And right, uh, one thing that I loved about the movie is they didn't pussyfoot around. They were like, "No, this is what the fuck it is," and then go right because they're at the universe, like a, a university in Michigan, right? The state of Michigan. Leonardo DiCaprio is, you know, just like teaching a class. He's a professor, and he's teaching the class. And he's just like, whatever, and wants somebody to come up to the board to, you know, kind of do calculations on this supposed alleged comet, right? And then pretty soon after, it's rapidly after, they found out that, oh, this thing is fucking coming. Like, we got less than a year, you know? And uh, that's where it starts and what have you. Jen- uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character. She's the um, she's one of the students, and uh, and the next thing you, that you know, like they're fucking not immediately after, but soon after, are whisked to the White House, which I think hilarities ensued. But what did you make of that first kind of introductory deal? Um, it was weird for me. It was it was a lot in a, a very short space of time, but it was a lot that I didn't make sense because I couldn't understand. I, I get at the beginning, I get what was happening and I get like um, in terms of what they were trying to do and they were just literally trying to find the calculations of how of, of when this actual comment was coming. What didn't make any sense to me was Leonardo DiCaprio's um, reaction, not until afterwards when we keep watching the movie because out of all of them, if he's the teacher and he's the professor and he's actually supposed to be the one who knows it all at everything at that time, he seems more disillusioned and irate than anybody else and he was more panicked which didn't make any sense to me at that time it did afterwards especially understanding the kind of person that he was well the the thing about it leonardo dicaprio's character was quirky as shit uh and i you know he's a scientist right uh there there was a job that i had previously where I worked with a lot of engineers and what have you and those they operate under a different plane right and I, I think the the best scenario that I can do uh, is not actually a scientific or engineering scenario but Kevin Smith talking about prints right and they were you know 
Prince wants Kevin Smith, you know, the fucking dogma, fucking shit monster guy, that guy. Uh, he wanted him to do a fucking documentary on uh, the, what is it, Jehovah's Witnesses and what have you. And uh, there was something that happened and Kevin Smith was in disarray and was going to blow up at Prince, even though he was a huge Prince fan. He was just like, ah, fuck, I'm cutting a movie. I think it was like Cloaks 2, whatever. Cutting a movie, whatever, whatever. And he was just kind of, you know, leading me on or whatever. What the fuck is going on? And Prince's handler basically told Kevin Smith, and he's like, there have been times in the dead of winter at 3 a.m., Prince will call me up and says, I need a camel. And you go, Prince, it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in Minnesota in the middle of winter. I need, and you need a camel. And he's like, yes. These people operate in a different plane where all things are possible until they're not, right? Um, so that is how I took, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, where he's quirky, he's kind of out of sorts and, and what have you. He's eccentric. Um, you know, even to the point where... Uh, I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm jumping around a bit, but when they eventually get to the White House, and I don't want to gloss over the, the in between because there's there's so many gems just in this fucking part. But when they get to the White House, Jonah Hill, who plays Meryl Streep's son, right, kind of almost like the Don Donald Trump, yes, uh, basically uh, makes fun of the way he talks and and Jennifer Lawrence's character how how sweet they speak and. Even clips like to Jennifer Lawrence, who, you know, is portraying a, a college kid, right? And he's like, "Oh, thanks for, thanks for dressing up for the occasion," because they're in the White House talking to the president about the world ending, and they were literally ripped from Michigan in a classroom and, and taken to the White House, you know. So again, there's there's so much that led up to it, but what the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, did I did I get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. You got it. I mean, so, no, 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 okay. So, the the lead up, right? When they finally, I mean, not finally, because I think at minute fifteen, they're already in the Oval Office, right? And the, you know, they were there with somebody. I forgot Ogilvy's or Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe, that's his name. Uh, Doctor Oglethorpe who is in charge of whatever U.S. government department that deals with fucking shit potentially blowing up from outer space, the, the Earth and whatever, right? But Oglethorpe brings him to the White House, and they're there with a general, right? And I think this might be my favorite part of the movie, where, and it's a running gag, where the, the fucking general, right? The general, yeah, ask if they want something, right? And they get like water and cheeses, right? And, and then, all and then he, uh, he's like, "Oh man, they cost me an arm and a leg," and does a whole fucking gimmick and whatever. And they all end up paying him or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Ah, oh, I gotta fucking go to Japan," and he starts packing up his shit or whatever, right? And then Jennifer Lawrence like once and like they're waiting and. Like 
a preposterous amount of time, right? For they have the information. Like I think Leonardo DiCaprio goes like they know why we're here, right? Like what the fuck, right? And, we're out of time. Yeah, we're yeah. running out of time, and you know it's just like whatever the fuck. So uh, Jennifer Lawrence she goes into the fucking uh, I guess the the little food area, the kitchen uh, in the part of the White House where they were waiting, right? And they were like, hey, I I, I don't know where to get charged for these things. And the lady who happens to be sitting there is just like, it's the White House. They're free. And she goes back to Leonardo DiCaprio and Orga Florp and is like, I think we got ripped off by the fucking general. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's so funny to me. And they, uh, they at the end, at the end, they alluded it to it too. And I was just like, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and do you think he used the money to pay for a ticket to Japan? That's probably what he was doing. He was using the money to run. Well, I mean, did he actually, that's another story, right? Like, did he actually go to Japan or did he want to make off with their fucking $25? Because, like, I think Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, character, he had a 20 that couldn't be broken and Oglethorpe had another, like, five or whatever. So, like, he just got out of Dodge. Now that that produces or it introduces a couple different scenarios, right? Did he actually need, really need to go to Japan? Two, you know, because obviously uh, travel when you're in the military is subsidized, right? Uh, so was it twenty five dollars to get him to Japan? Yeah, <laughs> like for him, yes, yeah, for him. So I don't this. Oh, okay. Yeah. And no, the thing that kind of, um, kind of, uh, now you will be able to answer this more than I would once the noises stop happening. The thing that kind of annoyed me a little bit is because it was generally just the general stealing from them. So was that kind of a, a weird, horrible metaphor of, of how horribly their defense team will be a stealing from them or even lying to them very very soon. Uh yeah, no, hundred percent. That that to me, I think that was indicative of the whole fucking thing, right? The fact that they have information that the world is going to end, right? Uh, and and Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill, fuck, it, it it for what they were supposed to be in this movie, they were fucking gold. They were fucking gold because. Uh, obviously, they're they're waiting this crazy amount of time to talk to the president and what have you. Um, you know, it even has the people going like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Like they know why we're here, right? And then when Does they it event- like a birthday party for somebody while they're waiting, yeah, yeah. And then also they found out that again, another there's somebody like Easter eggs and, and fucking subtle hints or whatever, uh, but. Uh, what is it, Kylie Buna or whatever the fuck, you know? But it was a pop star uh, played by Ariana Grande that she had broken up with her rapper person, right? Uh, and I just, Kylie Binga, I think it was something, something like that. Uh, but they, as they're waiting, they kind of like, oh, like they broke up and whatever the fuck. And like one didn't know who the fuck that was. And they were like, oh, the another one were like, oh, they seem like such a great couple, or whatever. And again, that was like sowing the seeds 
they're they're booking this shit better than WWE does week to week for sure. Uh, I'm saying that she's not saying that, but it was just like they they dropped that hint because that would be another theme that would be woven through the the rest of the story, right? Um, so there's that. They get to the fucking uh, White House. They get to the White House, and Meryl Streep is like smoking, right? And in the Oval Office, right? And uh, they, you know, they tell her what happens uh, or what is to happen, and she's just like, "This is not the good time for me. I've got th- these elections and whatever." And to me, especially the fact that I, I watched Breaking Points with Crystal and Sager and David Sirota, who's the fucking, you know, producer, uh, one of the producers of this film, right? They talk about how fucking Washington works, right? And it's not necessarily a fucking, you know, it's not necessarily a, um, you're doing what you need to Did you get it? Nope. You are completely good. Oh, okay. uh, you... oh no! What happens? Okay. Don't know what happened. He's having technical issues. Uh, where were we? I can't even remember where we was. He was talking about his program, so I can't even. I, I can't. I think I'm back. Yeah, you're all back. I can't add because you were talking about your program. Okay, so uh, basically, what was what was happening with uh, the characters, like Meryl Streep's characters? She was trying to find an angle, right? Um, and again, by watching this Breaking Points deal, I I it was almost like it was foretelling how Washington is and how they make their decisions. It's it's just fucking posturing rather than getting the needs of the people who voted them in out, you know, like it, it, it was disheartening, but to see it play out in such a comical way, it made me laugh until I realized, Oh shit, this is how it actually fucking works there. Like, you know, this, and especially during the times of COVID, right? Like it's, it's just posturing. It's fucking political maneuvering and what have you, you know, this, you know, jousting him for public, but you know, really not being at odds with each other, right? To turn the people against each other, right? Um, and then you know, she's chain smoking and she has this little tidbit, right? Of you know, I, I used to hide the fact that I smoked, you know, uh, from the people, and then when uh, I finally let loose that I, I smoke and whatever. They called me courageous. I think they gave me woman of the year because I was being real and raw and what have you. And I was like, I don't... Yes, it was by a female, right? I have nothing against you know female president or whatever, but that, I, I can imagine five, the last five American presidents having similar conversations. Okay. Well, I, I can, I, I, mm. Again, you're more American than me. I can't remember. 
I literally, for me, that character was like the most generic, evil, bad person, president <laughs> character form that there was. She only wanted to basically control her mass popular, like her mass population by propaganda completely. She was having affairs. She was taking drugs. She was completely backhanded. She didn't really care about her people. She just wanted to be popular. That's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's okay. So, I mean, considering the fact that we we had the apprentice guy, then we had the the the, the, the African gentleman, right? And then we had two terms, and that was for two terms. Then two terms of Bush. Okay, really, the last three presidents, right? And then we had Clinton before Bush, and. That I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky, right? We had Bubba. We had fucking Bubba. We had and, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, you know, when you look into the Clinton Foundation, it's not great. It's sucking. Like, he was so, like, beloved by a lot of people and whatever. And then finding out the dealings that out of office and, you know, people paying his wife, like, $750,000 to do fucking private gigs. You know, to big oil companies and whatever the fuck, and yeah, it's it's all weird. So again, this is fuck. I mean, not to like drudge up whatever, but like Hunter Biden was literally caught in uh, fucking Thailand with a hooker doing cocaine off of her ass as he's telling secrets. Wow. Yeah. So. And so, you know, Jonah Hill's character was equal parts. Young Donald Bush. Trump Jr., Ivanka, and Hunter Biden. And Young Bush. Or old yeah, Bush Young Bush, well. for sure. Yeah, yeah, because daddy was president at the time, right? Exactly. <laughs> Her, yeah, Herbert Walker Bush. Man, I just realized that fucking Clinton is bookended by Bushes. He's surrounded by Bush. Herbert Walker and GW. What the fuck? That's America. Fucking hey. Fucking hey, man. Uh, but okay, as as we kind of go through, right? As we kind of go through the motions and what have you, um, they're kind of getting the word out. And the first place that they get the word out is this news magazine show that is basically hosted by Clayton Blanchett. And Tyler Perry. Can I say something really mean? What happened? Okay. Uh, I literally, the moment that TV program was on the air, I literally just saw political blank the real. It was the real with people who aren't usually on the real. That's all I saw. <laughs> well, I, okay, but and, and that's the thing about those shows, right? So You've got the real, you've got the view, you've got whatever. There's so many, the talk, the chew, the doctors, the, the, you put the and have four people talking. That's just a fucking thing. And I don't know why. And I, to me, because all I watch is the internet and what have you, um, that I, 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 in my mind, those fucking shows and those formats would be a fucking career ender. Like, why would... It's almost like when people go to Impact Wrestling. I'm like, can't even find it on the telly. 
how the fuck are you gonna like go there? Like, what? Who's watching this shit? Right? And nothing against in, in, impact or what have you. But I'm just like, how the hell, right? And like, oh, fucking uh, uh, Drew Barrymore is having a TV show. And uh, Mario Lopez is covering for Ellen and whatever. Like, why the fuck would people do it? But apparently people still fucking watch these shows, which I fucking don't get it at all, right? But, you know, when you look at here in the States, there's Fox News. There's, you know, Piers Morgan. There's... Uh, who the fuck else? Uh, Tucker Carlson, Anderson Cooper, Rachel Maddow, whatever the fuck. They're all just taking a side and whatever. And like, ha ha, let's have the most disastrous thing. And then up next, people playing with dogs. Like, you just told us, like, the fucking world's gonna end. And then you segue the fucking dogs. And they were exactly that. Um, and it's kind of hilarious because this is where the ideology uh, the ideologies kind of split right and, and the intent of the characters because again uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character and the student of Leonardo DiCaprio's character they're kind of in unison trying to get the word out and attention to this right because they're like hey we can't get the big leagues of Washington or whatever so why don't we go to the media right Awesome, and that's even in a local deal. Like there was somebody that got scammed. I literally saw a uh, news report of a guy who deposited a thirty-one thousand dollars check, right, into a bank. Funny enough, a Bank of America, Go America, uh, deposited the check, and then he woke up the next morning, and there was no record of the deposit, and he went back to the bank, and the bank. Branch location fucking closed hours after he fucking deposited a thirty over thirty thousand dollar check. Right? So what does he do? Because he went to his congressperson, the fucking did phone tag with all the people at BFA. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. So what does he do? He fucking calls the local news. They found out something to do and they did it. Right? So that's what this was to me, right? So they were like, fuck, Washington can't help us. Let's go on fucking TV, right? And they go on TV and fucking Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character cuts a promo. She's just like, what the fuck? Like, she, she she's so hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a warrior style promo, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking. In the fucking jets and the rocket fuel, I kill the people, the pilots, and I'm coming for you, Hulk Hogan. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she ends up becoming the bad guy, is what you're trying right. to say. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, uh, I, I think. That's what that was. You they mean, they mean uh, as somebody who shares quite a bit of memes, they mean the shit out of her like seconds after that thing did, right? And then fucking Leonardo DiCaprio's character sees her walk off fucking stage after her fucking rants. That really wasn't a rant. All of the things that she said would come true later on the movie, right? So she was literally like the fucking professor of all of this shit. And here's Leonardo DiCaprio kind of realizing a situation. Oh, that, you know, that nice-looking nice uh, reporter woman. And uh, 
the shit is on the eyes are on me and whatever. And as somebody who's eccentric and whatever, and probably not given as much attention, right? I mean, obviously he has his wife, his kids, and what have you, uh, lovely family or whatever. But when that red light goes on, something weird, as you can attest to, something weird happens to people, and either they fucking become mumbly mouth and got you know marbles in their mouth and can't speak a lick or something else happens they become a performer and that's exactly what Leonardo DiCaprio's character did and he absolutely fucking jobbed out somebody who is his cohort just moments before jobbed out yeah no I know I know it was just sad to see because it was like he realized, in my head, what happened was he realized that her way of telling the truth was not going to work, and it wasn't going to work, and the only thing that was going to happen was you're going to make a fool of yourself on national TV. So the best thing to do is decide with the majority, and unfortunately, the majority were a bunch of social media screaming, <coughs> howling buffoons who knew nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and I and I. Again, a prevailing theme that would would permeate the rest of the fucking uh, movie, right? But in the green room, as they're about to go on to the show, right? Uh, but none other than Ariana Grande's character, the one who broke up when they were, you know, trying to tell the fucking president, hey, the fucking world's going to end because it's fucking communist or whatever, right? And they got the notifications that, that her and her beau... Uh, ended up ending their relationship, right? Well, here she is to talk about said fucking thing, right? And that is again indicative of those shows where you've you've got like a scientist and a you know a you know two people talking about the world ending and we have to do something about it. To uh, oh my gosh, and it's on equal plane, right? Oh, this pop star that broke up with the, the hip hop person. And that's which is actually deemed as more important, by the way. You missed it. No, 100%. 100%. Like, what was it? The stagehand was telling him, like, you know, I, I know what you guys are going to say, but can we keep it light? Like, how can you fucking keep that light? I'm trying to tell you the world's ended. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. So, um, they go throughout it, and again, how different the paths of the two characters who started out together, right? It's like Monopoly. Everybody fucking starts out in the same place, but a motherfucker gets parked place when you got Boardwalk and shit's on, right? And somebody ends up being Daddy Warbucks at the end of it. Like, I know people who have ended relationships, friendships, you know, romantic, amorous ones, and what have you, not talking to your family members or whatever over a game of Monopoly. But this is exactly what happened here, right? Where, I mean, the uh, the feisty, fiery reporter gal uh, took a liking to Mr. DiCaprio's character and what have you, and he leaves everything fucking behind. Whereas uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character ends up working at a Bevmo type store in Michigan, where she came from, and uh, seeing this all play out, right, and how she got jobbed out by her professor. Yeah. Seeing it all play out, and then there's a group of, like, ruffians that, like, want to steal alcohol. And she just doesn't give a fuck. And you gotta think about, like, the highs and the lows that she went through. She's like, she's in college. 
with their professor. Then they find out that the world is going to fucking end. Then they go to the White House where they get stood up by the fucking president only to be lambasted by the president and her son, right? Go on media, right? Mm-hmm. And with a, yeah, in the green room with a, a pop star, gets mean to the high heaven and literally deserted by somebody who is supposed to be her senior. And now she's back working a fucking regular job in Michigan while she's seeing him kind of gallivant with the, the gal and taking into or the persona that they gave him as the hot scientist. What a fall, man. Like, and she was the one that discovered it in the first place. Absolutely. She got up on the whiteboard and was like, whatever. And Leonardo DiCaprio kind of followed up after her. It was like, uh, uh, oh, shit. You're right. Like, you know. Um, but like, what if, you know, she was like a, she wasn't a teacher. She, I mean, she was a student, right? Kind of. You know, she had already had a, a degree. I think they believe, I believe they called it her role as a fellow or, or something like that. But she was, you know, she was on the way up in terms of her uh, scientific career, you know, in terms of the academic sense, right? And then she's working at fucking Bemo. And like the, the guys are trying to, the kids are essentially trying to fucking steal the alcohol. She does not give a fuck. And then one of them just like asked her out. And then first she relents, and then, and then the Jess was like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. She goes to hang out, goes to hang out with them, and whatever. And she, on, I think they were on a trailer-type uh, contraption, right? They're looking up, and they fucking see the fucking deal, you know? Uh, but before this, right, uh, dude wants to kiss her, and whatever. I think he actually does, right? And then she pulls, she pushes him away, and then she realizes the, her plight and everything that's gone on before it. And it's just like, you know what? What the fuck? And just makes out with him, and that becomes her dude, right? Then they're up, up, up the top of this trailer, seeing this whole fucking thing on. She places a call to her professor that fucking deserted her, right? Um, and she's like, oh shit, it's gonna happen. And then they start gathering the troops and. You know the the now the skater boy, right? She became Avril Lavigne. She again, she was somebody going up in her academic fucking career, right? And then she essentially gets reduced to Avril Lavigne. She's a skater boy. She wants a skater boy. She said, "See you later, boy." They weren't good enough for me, right? That that's, that's essentially it. Um, so, and the crazy thing about this, Leonardo DiCaprio's character has the best. Of everything, right? He's got a wife who was, I think, if you watch the uh, Two and a Half Men, was the neighbor that Charlie Sheen uh, just didn't give any play to, right? And if you if you're old enough to remember a, a little movie called Coyote Ugly, she was actually the friend in Coyote Ugly, right? And I believe she's on another show uh, called Yellow Jackets on Showtime now. Uh, but she also happens to be the wife of Jason Ritter, the son of the late, great comedic legend uh, John Ritter from Three's Company and Problem Child, right? Junior Healy's dad, uh, which is just fun. My fucking TV brain is just ah, that's so cool. The fucking son of Jack from fucking Three's Company 
is married to the Australian chick from Coyote Ugly. It's just, just fun, fun shit that no one else cares about but me, apparently. Else. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so with that all being said, right? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character gets back in the pretty immediately in the good graces of his student who he uh, basically abandoned on national TV, the Dr. Oglethorpe, or yeah, I believe that's his name, Dr. Oglethorpe, right? And comes back home with groceries because he realizes the fucking world's gonna end. And he goes back home to the wife he deserted. And I, I guess I, I should also mention that there was a part where they were at, a, like, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and the reporter played by Kate Blanchett, they were at some sort of gala or function or whatever. They go back to the room to make Whoopi, not Goldberg, because she said that was not suspended, but, you know, do, do adult things, you know. And uh, there's the wife, you know, whatever. And she was like, um, you know, you needs a little bit more care and starts throwing his like wreck out of dysfunction pills and his anti-anxiety amends and shit, you know like pills to make him not shit himself and whatever when he gets nervous and whatever she's just fucking throwing it at his ass just whatever right so fast forward the world's gonna end he comes back home and it's just like oh nothing, you. nothing happened nothing happened well, I didn't cheat on you no. I didn't throw you away for a better life yeah. I didn't just get completely, you know, blinded by the lights. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> the streets version. I like weekends, but the streets. Um, I like the original, but it's okay. Oh wait, you're talking about blinding lights. I'm talking about blinded by the light. But to me, I said the same title for both songs. I don't know why. Okay. Right on. Um, but yeah, it was it was like you poor mug you. Yeah. Like he gets everything. This motherfucker gets everything. He gets to talk to the president. He gets to fucking, you know, like the the Jennifer uh, Lawrence's fucking character thinks he's like, you know, the shit and whatever. And she helps him through, you know, his panic attacks and whatever the fuck. Like he's being, his hand is being held in each fucking scene, right? He comes out smelling like daisies, gets all of his needs met and what have you. Um, it was pretty much chauvinistic, right? And uh, yeah, dude, like it was weird, but essentially, uh, I don't want to get to the end just yet. But I mean, what do you make of all of that? And also, uh, Professor Oglethorpe's hair because that shit was ridiculous. Good god, the yeah. fuck, it looked like a mossy. I don't know. It's like if you don't wash your unders, you know, for a while. That's what it looked like. And it was on top of his head. Well, all of that, like, for me, like, him coming home was completely, like, sub, like, sky, like, almost kind of, what's the word? It was put in the burner for me compared to the segment with the, I, I, I don't know what to compare him to, Jeff Bezos or... Apple man, the guy who made the social media platform and the phone that basically let you do and think, basically thought for you. And everybody here is trying to almost kind of deny the fact that there is a, a comet or at least some kind of natural disaster that's coming towards Earth. But they're all willing to buy this phone 
and have this app and this piece of technology that is willing I to forgot about him. That was like, you cannot forget about that. Cause that just annoyed me completely. I'm like, so you want to deny when somebody's telling you the truth, yet you want to buy something that will basically do everything for you. What? Yeah. No, <laughs> you, you got it. Oh, his, his voice was just, oh. His voice. Did you not see the interaction with the children? I was this close to turning it off. I'm like, this is getting yeah. a little too creepy for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to watch it anymore. It's another creepy genius. Man. <laughs> what? I don't want to watch it's it anymore. Creepy. I was like, no. Yeah, that one is. And again, you know, the, the phone that talks to you kind of is your friend in, you know, whatever situations and shit like that. Um, and this is a set, oh that's the other thought right so you know they're going to fucking have a mission uh, where essentially the they're gonna send Ron Perlman you know fucking Hellboy they're gonna send Hellboy up into fucking space because he was the ex boyfriend of the president or whatever at all America or whatever the fuck and send his ass to space. To blow up the whatever, and then this weird fucking billionaire tycoon, right? Character, he was like, "Oh shit! Like, we need phones. I'm creating this phone, and we need matter to fucking make the phones run. And the matter is actually found on the fucking comet that's meant to destroy the Earth and shit like that. Like, so news flash, let it hit the Earth." We can extract that massa. Yes. And when that dies, it's just like, what is it called? Collateral damage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And okay, so there's that, right? That's the whole other fucking part of the movie. I can't believe I glossed over all of it. No. So yeah, uh, collateral damage. And I love the first part, right? When they did the first liftoff. Um, and so, like, they didn't actually extract the shit until after the first launch. So they do the first launch, which is meant to fucking lay waste to the fucking asteroid or comet or whatever the fuck, right? And then everybody's there watching the fucking launch and what have you. Like, people are spectating, and the thing goes up, and then it goes completely back. They launch this shit without telling anyone, without telling anyone. That hey, they it, we've got this fucking mystery matter to make the phones run and shit like that. That was is integral to the creation of the phones or whatever. So they spent a gazillion money uh, of dollars, fucking sending these things and turning up. Oh, I love that fucking guy, uh, who's like every guy that has worked anywhere, right? Like, ah, oh, it's supposed to do that. It's course correction. I was in the navy. Like, there's always that. Like, I remember going to. I remember going to, um, what was it, a 7-Eleven as a kid, right? And my dad, you know, with the Slurpees, right? he was like, you're supposed to hit it down so it'll all settle. I used to work at a hot dog stand in Indiana. <laughs> like, 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 no, like, to have this, oh, I get like that. Like, honestly, like, I, I worked for FedEx for, like, damn near five years and shit, and you know, me wrapping presents. I don't wrap presents. I wrap packages. 
I'm all like, ah, somebody threw this shit off of the fucking roof. Would it survive or whatever the fuck? And that's the way. And any, I don't care if it's a male. I don't care if it's a UPS, DHL, whatever. I'm like, no, you need to whatever. It'll be there in three days if you ship it, grab, da 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 da, whatever. I'm like, what the, f-? like, I worked at, at FedEx for five years, nearly five years, ten years ago. The fuck, you, like, shit changes. I've been that guy, but that dude was amazing. This, like, again, the fact that they were able to represent so many things that literally happen on a day to day in a community, and like, uh, it ha- like, we all know these types, these archetype of people, right? You could have named them whatever the fuck you will, but we all know we've experienced these type of people. We've seen it, we've seen it afar, we've seen it up close, and what have you. And that's one thing that I think, regardless of whether you like the subject matter or not, that's one thing that this film did. It's like it justly represented a lot of the things that kind of permeate our world, whether we like it or not, you know? Even to the point of sacrificing, it would have been millions of people just so you could get new jobs. That was actually the tagline, remember? There'll be a whole lot of new jobs for all the Americans and like, but there's going to be millions of people that are dead. Yeah, there'll be yeah. radiation poisoning everywhere. Like you, you all be living in fallout, but it's fine because you're gonna get paid, new phones, and new jobs. Yep, which is not any different than what the fuck is here now, man. Like uh, uh, the 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 shit to me is like politicians or like corporate media types are like, especially with the obscene shit, you know. Which obviously great. Save the children. Do not traffic children. Don't, uh, right? Don't don't traffic children. Right? Don't don't. Yeah, just don't. Right? If you think about it, don't do it. Don't do it. Right? But they will say that. But then, when you kind of look into it, like where they get certain things, right? Uranium and whatever the fuck. It's fucking kids in Africa and Asia. That are working for pennies on the dollar, you know, to fucking extract these minerals and shit like that. But they're like save the children. Which ones? Not all of them, because you're fucking sending them into fucking salt and uranium mines, goddamn. No, I'm the weird person who like I me and my English teacher at school had the same mentality. We used to hate those charity videos from like RSPCA where they're sticking a camera in a child's face who's got like a fly up his nose and like all of his eyelashes are curled into his eyeball and I'm like instead of flying your entire TV crew over here for the thousands of pounds that you did, how about you give them that money rather than sticking a camera in their face? Like, I know you're yeah. trying to inform us but there's, there's, there's pros and cons to things right? Yo, okay so about that, right? So we had I can't remember where she was from maybe she was the the daughter to Archie Bunker and all of the family or what have you. But she was a lady who came and she's like, for, you know, $10 a month, you could get 10,000 pounds of food to a needy country and shit like that. I'm here at welfare going like, I, <laughs> I what, can I get 1,000 pounds of food? Damn. Like, what the so you're gonna be my food. I'm entertained 
my fucking monster movies at 3 a.m. while I'm negating my fucking poverty ass situation. And then you're going to tell me that for $10 a month, you can fly some motherfucker who's hungry but has a big belly. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you can get that motherfucker 10,000 pounds of food. What the fuck? And, and every year she did it, she got more rotund. So I'm like, here I am starving. Here they are starving. Yo, has got bigger. What the fuck are we doing? Fuck. This is shenanigans. Fuck. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so hot about it. He's emotional. It's okay. It's all right. It's fine. We're all here for you. We're here for you. <laughs> We're here for you. It's okay. It's okay. We're here for you. Yeah. Um, ow, my cheeks. <laughs> yes, so. <laughs> Emotional propaganda. But yes, I, I can't even believe you forgot about that part. So. <laughs> I got her. <laughs> I have done something that all of your opponents in their championship endeavors haven't been able to do. I broke Big Fem Vader, Aisha Raymond. I'm the champion of the world. You can't you have my belt, it's mine. I got my own. It's all right. I got three. It's two. There we go. <laughs> it's actually one of them is kind of cool. It's okay. There we go. Um, <laughs> one's a Luthes replica and one's the California state title. I'm just saying. The California state title is nice. Yeah, that's good. This is that one. If I if I go and get mine, I'll go out of shots. Yeah, no. Oh, I didn't mean to. Whatever. Uh oh. Uh oh. She's gonna she's gonna flex on me. You earned it. I bought. I just bought these online. I've been flexing on you for the whole show. Look, traps. Really yeah, I know trapzilla. Holy shit. Uh, somebody's been getting after it in the gym. But yeah. So again, this whole fucking shit was. The, the movie, it, I, there's so many, there's so many parts, and it's funny if it weren't true, right? But this is what I'm coming to find out that what Washington and the bureaucracy in the United States, this is what it's like, you know. I mean, and, and not only that, I mean, so, like society, that's what it's like. We care more about what's happening between celebrities. Um, social media and generally anything that's not important and not an issue to form some kind of distraction so we don't have to deal with our own lives. Even that phone is literally a walking personification of what we do today. The phone, what is it? it? It calculated when you died, it calculated what you ate, it calculated your mood, it calculated your next steps, it told you what your aspirations were and like literally that phone is, is, is your mum. No, hundred percent. Um, and it's so 
here we are. They, they, you know, we had the rockets go up and they fucking go back down, whatever. And then they find out that we can extract the fucking materials from the rock uh, or the, the comet meteor. I, I don't know what that, that big thing hurtling towards Earth identifies that. So I don't want to dead name it. But whatever fucking contraption that is coming down here, um, you know, it's, it's still coming. It's still coming. And then the fucking weird, you know, uh, media mogul magnet or whatever. He's like, ah, let's extract it, whatever. That was actually one of my favorite fucking parts of the movie too, where they're at the control room and all this shit is going to happen and there's got all these little mini robots meant to extract it, uh, the material from, you know, from the uh, from the meteor, right? And everybody's in the boardroom, uh, Meryl Streep's character as well as her son Jason and what have you, um, and also I want to point out that the media gentleman he also was like, "Hey, you're gonna die by a whatever." He said some inanimate, and it didn't make sense at the fucking time. But he's like, "Something's gonna," he's like, "Something's gonna eat you." Yeah. Right. That's what he said. Right. Um, so here we are. We're at the control room. We've got all these little mini bots to try to extract the materials and whatever. Uh, so they shoot them up. All of them go. And then you see the first one and two. One is trying to extract the materials and then one comes at it and crashes into it. And then you start to see like all of the little fucking mini bots, uh, whatever, they start to get removed from the fucking screen because they were keeping tabs on him in the screen. And they look back, uh, whatever, at the fucking media guy or the the billionaire guy, and he's just like, "Oh, it, it's collateral damage. Like uh, okay. everything is everything's fine." Yeah, exactly. And they continue to fucking crash, right? And and she, <laughs> she's character is like, I, "I mean, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like, whatever." And he's like, oh, everything's fine." It's okay, it can still work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Says, whatever Izzy says. I'm like, what? And then they crash, they keep on crashing. And then he's like, oh, you need to go to the men's room. And he, he takes off. And he doesn't and, come. Yes. And then Meryl Street, soon after, is like making a beeline for it. And then people realize, like, like, oh shit. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? I love my husband. I'm going to see my family. Oh, whatever the fuck, right? And everybody starts whatever. And here's Jonah Hill's second character, like, she's coming back. He's coming back. Like, almost self-soothing himself, knowing that his mom was, like, not coming back at all. Uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> really, you know, I don't want to laugh because, essentially, the world blows up. And the way that we know is because Leonardo DiCaprio's family, along with Oglethorpe, Jennifer Lawrence's character, his two sons and whatever, and the wife, they're making a meal. It's all whatever, you know, and they're telling about what they're th- telling people what they're thankful for around the table. And then the fucking meteor fucking hits and it disseminates. Yeah. Yeah, it was really. I mean, yeah, people died. You know, we started out people dying for real, and then now we get them for fake. 
Uh, this podcast is amazing, right? Um, <laughs> but with that all being said, we get uh, transported to where Meryl Streep and the uh, the billionaire gentleman went, and they were in a fucking plane, right? And somebody was just like, "Oh, what about Jason?" and Meryl Streep completely forgot about Jason. Her and they go back, you know, like it's 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 it is really sad, right? And then they get to whatever fucking planet, and you see, you know, all these rich billionaires and whatever, you know, coming out of their cryo chambers or whatever the fuck, right? And it's like, Naked, by the way, I didn't need that at like 1 a.m. when I was watching so, it. Sometimes you do. I mean, you I, you didn't envision Meryl Streep with a tramp stamp? Come on. As the president? Never? Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, I just found out because uh, one of the gentlemen from the Big Bang Theory bought a $8 million house in, in Pasadena, California, which is about 15 minutes away from me. And they were like, he's joining the lights of Oscar De La Hoya and Meryl Streep. I was like, holy shit, I live 15 minutes away from Meryl Streep. That's 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 something. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it is definitely something. But uh, yeah, so they get to whatever the fuck, and it's this la- lush land um, and whatever, and these weird fucking creatures come out. And the guy's like, don't get too close, whatever. And then fucking Meryl Streep's character is like, oh, he looks so cute. And she gets fucking eaten. Kind of essentially making good of the prediction of the billionaire gentleman is like, yeah, you're going to get eaten by a bull. I don't even know what the fuck, I can't remember what the fucking thing is called, but he was right. She got eaten by a whatever the fuck. Yeah. So, Wids, what's your take on this? How would you... What, you saw You saw where Jonah Hill ended up, though. Oh, yeah. The thing is, I completely missed this, though. It was my partner that had to point it out to me, and because once they, like, once I saw the nice little cinematic credit scene of the, the world exploding, I was just like, yeah, movie's done. So you turn it off as you do. Apparently there's after credit scene where poor Jonah Hill, he makes it, he makes it, he crawls out of the ashes and, you know, he makes it. I, I haven't seen it yet, though. I will. You know what's funny, though? My Netflix fucking cut it off. After the, after Meryl Streep's character, whatever, it was like, oh, since you watch, like, uh, Don't Look Up, you want to watch another fucking bunch of shit about the world ending? That's what Did I got. Did you even get the credit scene with all the, like, explosions and the cans flying in the air and stuff? Yeah, no, I got that. And that was after the um, Meryl Streep, because Meryl Streep yeah. getting en- eaten by the thing was an end scene. Yeah. Right? Because, the, I mean, when you got the movie, the, the movie's cinematic ending was you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and all of the characters getting blown up in his house, right? And then you get credits. I know, right? That end scene where she gets eaten, you know, they arrive at the planet, everybody's getting released from the chambers, and then um, she eventually gets eaten by whatever the fuck animal that was, right? So, after that, like, my fucking Netflix was just like, oh, suggested titles, like uh, Ancient Aliens and fucking... uh, Whatever the fuck, like it was all shit. I had to recalibrate my fucking uh Netflix uh watch, whatever the fuck, because like all I got was like fucking civilization endings for like three weeks. I know that's what happened, 
Yeah. So you, but you were asking. That was the what was what was your take on this film? As you always ask me first. We're fucked. Everything's fucked. Nothing is real. We're fucked. We're fucked. Don't don't rely on the damn politicians. Don't rely on the celebrities or whatever because all the stay it out. Stay your bubble. Turn off your phone. I mean, no, like don't don't stay in the bubble because like you can't. You, I mean, if you can exist and and sustain yourself within a bubble and not having to go out, then kudos to you. You figured it out, you know, and whatever the fuck, right? But for the rest of us, if you've got a dream, if you've got a whatever, you have to pursue said dream with reckless abandon because you can't rely on social or political, uh, you know, financial institutions, deities, the the great beyond, whoever's sitting on top of the throne watching us fucking, you know, end each other or, or not, whatever the fuck you feel or whatever, right? Because... If I could reference Genesis, right? There's a song called Jesus, He Knows Me, right? And it's literally taking the piss out of all of the fucking preachers that, you know, like we had one here in the States, Joel Osteen, when Hurricane Katrina and the fucking floods in Houston, whatever, he literally holds his church in a reconfigured basketball, former basketball arena. That's his church. And when people were fucking dying of the floods, they asked him to open it. This is somebody who's supposed to be a fucking steward of the people. Nope, not one iota. Alright? So, with that being said, there's no help coming. There's no contingency plan. Right? It's solely on you. I'm going to save you. Santa Claus doesn't exist. The Easter Bunny's a I wouldn't say that. I fucking believe in the bunny. I have one right here. And the little round uh, chocolates are great. Do you mean the poo? Oh, yeah. That makes like more it. sense. That makes more sense. That explains my jaundice. It, it, yeah, it's not good. I'm looking a little bit pale. It's, yeah. Uh, no, but th that's the thing. It's just pursue whatever you you hold dear with a reckless abandon. Hug your family more. Um, you know, talk to the people that you might not have talked to, you know. Uh, but also, consent is always sexy. So if they're like, hey, we got a restraining on your order on your ass, stay the fuck away, right? Yeah, yeah do that. If you need to run from that person, run, you know. But don't don't get caught up in, I'm on this side, I'm on that side, I'm on, you know, like, I want my team to win. Because the team is human beings, and it's what you do, not how much you pray or meditate or whatever the fuck or whatever, right? It's what you do and your, the impact that you have, right? Because there are people that actually do give food to the poor and impoverished. Not the people that are getting richer by you know, fucking having organizations and shit like that. A lot of organizations that uh, I don't know about the rest of the world, but here in the States, and we're talking about maybe a C maybe a, a, a breast cancer awareness, a very notable one where major sports organizations have basically took that on and, you know, made it breast cancer awareness, right? Maybe an organization that's supposed to aid wounded warriors, right? The military service people that, you know, mental, physical, 
atrocities happen to them on the battlefield. 70%, 70% of the operations budget for all of those organizations are essentially for operating. Only 30% of it goes to the actual people. So if you see people in need, you go out and help them. You galvanize the troops or whatever, and your family, whoever, and you go out there. Uh, the Love Movement, that's a great organization uh, run by uh, Jordan Mims, who's a, a, a fighter. Uh, but he's also, uh, I think, a bachelor's in a lot of things. He's a very, very smart gentleman. I don't even know why he wants to punch and kick stuff. But he has the Love Movement, where in Skid Row, L.A., one of the worst, worst uh, inhabits for uh, homeless people in the country, in the world, but specifically here in L.A., every Sunday he goes and takes a bunch of people and thousands of dollars of food and feeds the people, right? He goes to Kenya and, you know, builds, you know, waterways and estuaries and what have you. Um, it builds houses and, and schools and, and stuff for people that are literally hundreds of miles away for the nearest fucking school or water estuary or what have you. This is what you do. Find something that you can do maybe incrementally. It doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to fly to Kenya or whatever. If you have the means, whatever. But you can make an, a direct impact on your, or your environment for the better on what you have. Volunteer. Help, you know, the elderly, you know, read them books, read, like, just, you know what to do. You, you know, because it's kind of innate in you, you, you know, you, there's that little voice inside your head and it, you know, it's there for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my take. Nobody will save you. You can only save yourself, which is, I think it's an audio slave song. So go save yourself. Yeah, so there's that. That's my take. But what is yours? What do you make? Um, don't trust anyone. Don't trust the government. Don't trust anything on TV. Just trust yourself. The only person that you can trust is the person standing in the mirror. That is my take. Uh, the the person in the mirror, are you asking them to change their ways? <laughs> no difference could be any clearer. If you want to make it... Uh, I was... I forgot the rest of the fucking song, so there's that. That's all I can give you. Yeah, and I seem to have frozen. Can you still see me? No. I see you, but yes, you are frozen. But we can hear you. But uh, I guess, I guess that's uh, that's the the don't look up, right? Um, oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Oh, all right. But uh, big fan later. Where can they find you on the socials? Um, you can literally type in at Big Fem Vader into any social media platform and you can get that beautiful face that's just still right there, you know, it's still there. Um, you can also type in RDW, RW Dojo or Renegade Wrestling Dojo and you'll be seeing everything that the Renegade Wrestling and Renegade Wrestling Dojo Rebels have in store for you. Not only that, but we have something for them, don't we have words? Yes, we do, because next week when we will film this, we are going to be doing alternative commentary for the very first Renegade Wrestling Dojo's very first show. I am excited. I actually lent uh, the commentary 
for the first show, the first incarnation of it. But as a director's cut, just for you, the legion of Renegade Wrestling Dojo fans, and I know you're there. We are, I and big fan Vader Aisha Raymond are going to take apart this, not take apart, but build up this fantastic card in a way that only she and I can do. And that is coming to you next week. That is an exclusive right here. So I can't wait. She can't wait. Again, this is eons I'm frozen of frozen with excitement. Yes, she is literally frozen still. This is the happiest. <laughs> Uh, I almost went to uh, Whitey from uh, from uh, Eight Crazy Nights, but I don't want to go there because he, he has seizures. Uh, but this is not that. But we are definitely excited to bring that to you because there's a lot of amazing competitors in Renegade Wrestling Dojo's first show uh, taking place at Source Wrestling School in Glasgow. Uh, I, again, this is this is one of my dreams to be able to call international wrestling, and it was. Uh, I basically made true not once, but now twice. And you guys are going to see it in real time right here next week. So I can't wait. Um, according to Woods is where you find me. Again, follow her in all of the places that you can find her. Uh, it, and I've linked it right here in the description below. But you guys have an amazing week. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And we will see you later with According to Woods. And uh, oh, yeah, go ahead and subscribe. But if you don't believe me, or Big Fan Vader, well, maybe Zeta Zang. Hey, this is Zeta Zang. Make sure you subscribe to According to Woods.